Hello, welcome. Sorry for the delay, but we are here. Mike and Ian here with you as we are every week. It is Monday and we've got a lot to unpack from the weekend action. And we're going to start with the last game that we saw last night. Justin Herbert versus Tua Tungavaloa, the Chargers and the Dolphins. The impact of that game because we saw a lot starting on the side of the Chargers. Mike, do yes. you think after this game, does this change your perception? I don't know what you thought about them beforehand, but afterwards, are they a playoff team? We know they've got the seventh seed right now. Do you think that they're good enough to be a playoff team? They deserve to be there and that they can have success if they make it. They've got the seventh seed right now entering Monday Night Football. 46.6% mm -hmm. chance to make the playoffs, according to our updated Football Outsiders odds. More importantly, they have Mike Williams back and they had Corey Lindsay back, the center. Mm -hmm. So that's two pieces. I think everyone noticed Mike Williams because he's climbing over people's backs to catch you know, passes and, and catching bombs. And, of course, that's a critical element that they've lacked for weeks. Justin Herbert's lacked weeks. They had Corey Lindsay back in the middle. The offensive line was not great by any means, but it has gone from sort of catastrophic to, you know, bad. And there's a big difference between catastrophic and bad. When you put those two things together and you go with a, a fairly manageable schedule moving forward, mm -hmm. I think they can do it. Remember, it's kind of a three-team – it's sort of a three-team race between uh, – for two spots. Patriots, Jets, Chargers. It's kind of a choose-your-fighter situation. Yep. I like the Chargers right now with the way they're playing. What about you? I, I agree with you. We've said they're the seventh seed now. They're now minus 200 to make the playoffs on DraftKings or as of this Ooh. morning, just a couple hours ago. So they are favored there to make the playoffs. They really like them. You mentioned they've been banged up all year. We've seen what they can do when healthy, though, last year um, when they had both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams when they were both out there. Yep. And they can put up some points. So Justin Herbert can be very good. Now they have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and you mentioned Corey Lindsley back. They were playing with two backup offensive tackles last night, uh, which yep. wasn't ideal. Rashawn Slater still out for the year. And then uh, Pipkins, I believe he was uh, – I didn't. I saw he was doubtful to play. I didn't see much of the game last night. Um, yeah. I don't believe he played. So They, they don't have – there's no answer at right tackle on the roster and never yeah. was. That was never going to be the strong point. But – when they're down to the backup, to the backup, to the backup, I don't know who the guy was. That was pretty uh, pretty intense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they, they still found a way to win. You mentioned a, a doable schedule. I think uh, it's an easy schedule, and I got it before we updated everything this morning, but it was like the 27th easiest schedule remaining, 25th. They've got Tennessee at home next week, the Colts on the road, the Rams at home, and then at Denver. Uh, that one at Denver could be a little difficult. You know, the offense showed a little bit of signs of life yesterday but haven't been good, and they're on the road playing a, a, what's what's a tough defense, although they've struggled a little bit lately. So it can definitely be done. Yeah, and, you know, I've been chit-chatting and arguing a little bit with, like, the Herbert Hive, uh, the people who, you know, I think go beyond the, wow, he's a really good quarterback and showing a lot of promise all the way up into this Hall of Fame, Patrick Mahomes territory, yep. which I don't get. And I said, you know, I set goals for Herbert for the rest of this year to demonstrate that he really is this quarterback. You know, everyone says he's this quarterback, he's this quarterback. DVOA has not said he's that guy. You look at that schedule going down the road, you got the Titans again, the Colts, the Rams, and the Broncos. Yeah, the Broncos have a tough defense. Yep. You should be able to get three wins out of that somewhere along the way. You should have some very strong performances. And, and those are the goals except for Herbert. Show, demonstrate, you can get to 10 wins, make the playoffs, make the stats look a little stronger. Certainly they look a lot stronger and the performance looked stronger last night. Keep doing that. And then you do the things we expect of that franchise quarterback. You make the playoffs despite some adversity and you demonstrate that the franchise is moving forward. Yeah, some of the names he's up there with that he's broken records of in his first, uh, was yep. it three seasons now? Three, uh, yeah, three seasons. 
yeah. passing Andrew Luck for most passing yards and then up there with Dan Marino, broken some of his records there. But the team doesn't have the success so far. And he, you mentioned that, that Titans game coming up much better against the run than the pass. So a really good opportunity for him to prove it next week. They just gave up 368 yards and three touchdowns to Trevor Lawrence. Now, not yeah. saying that like Trevor <laughs> Lawrence is not a good quarterback. We know you had him, I think, as your winner of the week last week. He's definitely taken some steps forward this year. So a very big game for Justin Herbert to have a huge game potentially there. And then the rest of that, that schedule, not so bad. But the defense, too, is going to have to be good for them. Talking about them as a playoff team as a whole, it's not just going to come down to Justin Herbert. He can put up 40 points, but if the defense isn't good, you know, right. if they give up 41 every game, that's not going to be good. They're 24th <laughs> since the week eight bye, but they are without several starters. Joey Bosa and several of their D linemen are on IR, could be getting some of those guys back. They played pretty well last night. They didn't have Derwin James, Sebastian Joseph Day, or Bryce Callahan. So getting some of those guys back would be big and could help improve them from, I think, 24th since week eight and like 25th on the year. They're really not great overall. But if right. they can get healthy at the right time, they could be dangerous if Justin Herbert can keep it going. And, and those guys can all stay healthy. That's the big thing in the NFL. Right. And again, it's the Colts offense coming down the road. It's the Broncos offense coming down the road. These are offenses, even a depleted defense should be able to accomplish some things against. And I think we're going to talk about it now. What they did against Tua last night was enlightening and somewhat shocking. Yeah, that takes us right. Do you think that is that Dolphins, especially over the last two weeks, that offense been exposed you think or is this just kind of a a two-week thing you know they're just had some doubt they went up against san francisco who is very good they were they're number one in weighted dvoa now they're number two i think in defense or number one they're at the top very good but then the chargers defense has been very good and miami really couldn't get anything going i know you wrote some about this this morning in your walkthrough article too right couldn't get anything going it looks like there's a lot more press going on and uh in the last two weeks you you've seen open receivers there were open receivers and we've seen Tua look like he's out of rhythm, uh, like he's forcing the ball, like mechanically he's fluttering balls again, kind of like he did two years ago, part of times last year. And so I think he, when he gets out of rhythm, he has to demonstrate that he can find his way back into rhythm. Mike McDaniel has to also demonstrate he can find Tua's way back into rhythm. Because th this is, I mean, it is the NFL. Obviously, you create something that for seven, eight, nine weeks, no one can stop. And then, you know, D'Amico Ryans comes up with a thing. It's like, well, let's press and let's get pressure and let's stop the run and let's force them to execute in a different way. So that's the counterattack. Now, Tua, Tyreek, McDaniel, counterattack the counterattack. That's how the NFL works, especially for a playoff team. The thing is, they didn't have an adjustment last week. They didn't seem to have an adjustment at all this week. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether it comes from, you know, mixing up what you're doing on the running game, mixing up more screen under opportunities, underneath opportunities, using the reverse game more, which you haven't seen a lot of in the last couple of weeks, using shovel games, things like that, jet sweeps, et cetera. Get some of that stuff working so that you can get a rhythm for Tua. And then I feel like the deeper and the intermediate stuff should open up again. Yeah, in the last couple of weeks, we know, as you said, they've struggled. They've scored only 34 points in the last 10 quarters going back to the second Ooh. half of that game. They got a big lead, so they didn't really need to score a ton. Uh, I know the Texans had a chance to get within one score, but I mean, they were still down 30 to 15. So not huge, but still that's only 13.6 points per game over four quarters or averaging that over four quarters. They've scored exactly 17 the last two weeks after we saw them put up a lot of points throughout the year. And again, they played that tough defense last week here at San Francisco had the second best defense heading into this weekend. So that was a tough matchup. We saw what they did to Tom Brady and the Bucks, who have been kind of up and down hit or miss this year. 
But Tua really strong. He was great the prior five weeks, 60% plus completion percentage, had 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. But those games came against Pittsburgh, who didn't have T.J. Watt at the time and wasn't playing as well as they were earlier and as they have been now. Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, and Houston. Like, those aren't great defenses um, that, you know, you really have to have to worry about. San Francisco, again, was really good. In the yeah. last though, he's a combined 28 for 61, which is a 45.9% completion percentage. Only had 35.7% completion percentage last night. Three touchdowns, two interceptions. His QBR below 25 in both games. But last night was surprising to me as well, like you said, because the Chargers just haven't been very good on defense this year. And you mentioned if they can figure this stuff out to get it going moving forward. It's not necessarily a great bet because they're going at Buffalo next weekend against Green Bay on Christmas Day, who the defense has not been very good, but the secondary has been pretty good uh, for most of the year. And then at New England and then the Jets. So it's very tough. And that's part of the reason we have uh, the fantasy regular season just ended this week. Our guest ends tonight in in my home league. That's part of the reason I shipped off to. I had a Justin Herbert as well. But I was like, that schedule is going to be tough. They can win those games, but they've held him fantasy-wise and just uh, stats-wise, it's been a little bit tougher going for him and all the other teams that have played them as well. Yeah, the one game that sounds like in a fantasy playoff you get the points would be the Packers game. Mm-hmm. And that's in Miami, so we're not worried about the frozen yep. tundra. But Saturday night, we're worried about the frozen tundra. <laughs> now, it sounds like I saw extended forecast, snow showers, lows in the 30s. Doesn't that doesn't necessarily work in Josh Allen's favor either because right. anytime there's any kind of precipitation or heat or cold or whatever, he gets a little wonky as well. But there, there's not a lot of margin for error with Tua because of sort of like the limits of him ath- athletically. You know, mm-hmm. it has to be precision mechanics, has to be precision timing because he's not going to use his arm to rifle balls into place. And that can be a problem. Again, you're coming on a short week. You're coming against a, t- a tight defense. You might be coming into cold weather. I don't want the quarterback with the not-so-awesome arm who looks like he's mechanically unsound out there in precipitation and bad weather. Yeah, and it's going to be a tough go the rest of the year for what looked like a really special yeah. season was going really well. Not that it's been derailed necessarily. They're still sitting 8-5. and five. They're at the sixth seed. But Chargers, just a game behind them. The Jets, just a game behind them. Yeah. The Patriots at 6-6 six and six could jump up tonight. Even the Jaguars, 5-8, and eight, don't think they've really got a good shot to make it. Um, I don't know if you still have the playoff odds up. I don't think I have them up yet. But, you know, a a few games out with a few to go. Realistically, the Dolphins could drop. I'm not saying they're going to, but they could realistically lose the the last four, even three of those four. Like you said, like it's going to be tough. Don't expect them to, but there is a a way uh, that they still can make the playoffs. They're no lock for the playoffs right now, so they're going to have to get things going. Right. 13.4% for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Most of that is coming up and kneecapping the Titans. Yeah, very slim. Yeah, very weird wild card scenarios for the yeah. Jaguars, but just winning out and the Titans going, whoop, plop, that's that's a thing. So I, I think the Dolphins are going to squeak their way into the post. I do too. Like, I'm looking for the team that I think is going to fall off. It will be the, the Patriots or the Jets at this point. Yep. Um, but, but again, I feel like you know when you went out there and you you're making. Tra- trades at the draft deadline and you're making additions and Bradley Chubb like that. This was an in, the, in it to win it. This isn't a one and done type of team. So you yep. don't want to be, Hey, we're the Dolphins. We squicked in, Hey, we're going to Cincinnati in the first round and, and, yeah. and we're going to try and do a, a shootout against Joe Barrow when he's been playing lights out. That's not the scenario. Yeah. And they did play once earlier this year. That's when to, uh, uh, of course, got, got uh, the second yeah. concussion. Well, I guess first concussion that they call or the, the second concussion they call the first concussion. 
but so not yeah. a true barometer and the, the Bengals were playing a little bit better at that time, but would be a great mm-hmm. matchup there. It would be very fun to see. Yeah, they got a big one this week at Buffalo. It's, all eyes are going to be on that again Saturday night. Like you said, we got some Saturday NFL uh, action, so that'll be a lot of fun. I'm just checking the line on that because I realize I, I'm a little behind schedule. I didn't check the line. <laughs> Bills minus seven and a half. I don't know where I stand on that. Have to get a weather yeah. report. Give me a weather report and we'll talk. We'll talk. But like, interesting <laughs> yeah, opening. that was tough too. That Buffalo offense not looking great. And I know for a loser of the week that we'll get to at the end of the show, I almost picked that reporter uh, that asked Josh Allen, was talking about the offensive struggles and said, you know, Josh Allen has answered, hey, we're just finding ways to win football games. All that matters at the end of the day, we win the game. And he followed up, the reporter did, and said, uh, but this doesn't look like an offense that can win the Super Bowl. And Josh Allen just said, okay. And just kind of right. looked off and took the next question. So oh, that was man. a. Uh... I saw that. I'm wonder. I wonder who that was. Uh, I don't know too many people in the Buffalo media, but that's that's interesting press conference yeah. strategy to try and call them out like that. And again, <laughs> after a couple of wins against tough defenses, Jets mm-hmm. have a very tough defense. Patriots have a very tough defense, and like the offense is sputtering a little bit. You win. You win. You know. Yeah. You're you're getting these. Play- I, I well, I don't know. <laughs> Some weird folks like me wind up in those press pools sometimes. Yep. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like to say it was funny though the way. Not often you just see you know a, a guy like Josh Allen sit there and just say, "Okay," and just quit talking. So that right. was pretty good. But yeah, All big right. one Saturday. We'll see. Hopefully, get some snow there. Those are always fun games to watch, especially on a Saturday night at home. Yeah. We'll move on to another quarterback who's going in a different direction of Tua, which is where that conversation started, and that is Brock Purdy. Is it? Brock Purdy season in San Francisco in the NFL. He took down Tom Brady. First quarterback I saw to ever beat Tom Brady in his first career start. Don't know how many of those are out there where a quarterback started against Brady in his first start. We know the the rookie quarterback numbers out there. But first quarterback still and did really well. What did you think of uh, Brock Purdy yesterday? Very, very solid. Obviously scripted game plan. Mm -hmm. Obviously all hands on deck. Every every little thing that Shanahan could do to give him those opportunities. Still made the plays within the structure, made some plays outside of the structure. Um, and, you know, this bodes well for the short term of the 49ers of saying, yes, this is proof of concept now, win enough games, reach the playoffs, probably win the division now with the uh, Seattle Seahawks taking a loss there. Um, and then being in a position where you're going to get home games. Like, again, like pushing this all the way to like a dream scenario of Brock Purdy winning the Super Bowl. It's it's hard to project anything like that, but like this this eliminates the the floor of oh it's going to be a catastrophe they're going to fall off the pace now one thing I always caution the first start by a new quarterback it's the absolute customized game plan it usually goes downhill a little bit from there good news is Purdy has some some space to go downhill from and still be a pretty adequate starter yeah I agree with you I thought he looked pretty good he looked good in his first start went well you mentioned the scripted game San Francisco running backs ran the ball 32 times not surprising at all Purdy only threw it 21 times but with 16 of 21 185 yards with a uh, his adjusted yards per attempt was 10.7 he added a rushing touchdown uh, I think and with that team they, they were kind of talking about it all week like Purdy doesn't have to come in and do a lot kind of like Rob, you have a very good defense score 10 points you can win the game score 14 points you can win the game they did more than that, but if he can just limit his mistakes like he did yesterday, didn't didn't make any, didn't have an interception. Don't believe uh, he fumbled at all or, or had any turnovers. So just limit the mistakes and let the defense do a lot of the work. But 
if you can get 35 points out of it, then yeah, hey, I don't yeah. think too many people are going to be complaining. They can definitely keep them in the Super Bowl chase, which is kind of what we talked about last week. And that Tampa Bay defense, though, really no slouch. You know, they haven't been what, what they normally have been the last few years, but eighth in DVOA on the season, 11th over the last four games coming into yesterday. So mm-hmm. it was pretty good. And you mentioned Atlanta, or not Atlanta, you mentioned Carolina, the Seahawks losing to Carolina, the Bucks losing. Now Atlanta, just a game behind Tampa Bay, can win that division by winning out because they have a game against Tampa Bay at the end of the year. So that's an exciting one there as well. Atlanta and then Carolina has a shot to yes. or Carolina to win the playoffs. Sorry, not Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. Carolina. Yes. Carolina is, has a shot to win. And I believe they go into first place with a win next week and a loss uh, to the uh, uh, Buccaneers loss. And the Buccaneers are playing the Bengals next week. So that's very possible. Um, and I would, Love it. I love that kind of chaos, especially because the Panthers, obviously, they fire their coach. They try to do a fire sale. Their fans are like, we want more of a fire sale. We want to suck harder for the rest of this year. And they're like, hey, you know what? Steve Wilkes is going to do a good job. We're going to rotate quarterbacks. You know, DJ Moore is going to play lights out. Defensive, offensive lines coalesce, and we're going to make a little run here. And that's really cool that they're doing it. I was just looking around the market for the 49ers, though, but and the house is having – None of it. Like, they're not giving you any bargain. Like, they're like, we know this team is going to do the thing. The over-under for 49ers that wins is 11.5. But that's minus 150. Okay. Three more wins. Three more wins. And they're like, yeah, we're we're not going to give you a lot of juice on that. Uh, Conference winner, they're at plus 350. So they're – and so are the Cowboys. So, so like, you don't get a bargain for Brock Purdy. It's like 49ers. Cowboys at full strength. You know, that's about even equals are at the top of that. But, and I forget like uh, division winners, like minus 2000, et cetera. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, 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 the house is, the house is, has pretty mania right now. Yeah. And there's not a lot of <laughs> bargains to be had. Yeah. Yeah. Purdy season. And he goes to Seattle this Thursday, quick turnaround, tough environment there. Uh, yeah. So this will be a big one, I think too, to see how he responds. I think he'll respond, respond pretty well in that one um, and yeah. coming out, but that, that's going to be a tough one. They could drop there. But then he does get Washington at home on Christmas Eve, at Vegas on New Year's Day, then the Cardinals at home the end of the season. So not an overly difficult stretch, not necessarily a cakewalk, uh, but he, again, just shouldn't have to really do a ton with the defense behind him, but is still going to have to play football and, and be an NFL-level NFL quarterback, obviously. I, I tell you what, yeah, you're right. It's, it's a manageable schedule to get the wins they need. I'm thinking about that short turnaround with a young mm-hmm. quarterback. It's one thing to get him prepared for Sunday. It's yep. another thing again, prepare for next Thursday. And he suffered a little injury at the end of the game. Just noticing Seattle Seahawks, three and a half point dogs in that game. Mm. I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm yeah, feeling at it. home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, could, they could win that game. That could even be like, expect that to be a close game. Could be, you know, a three point game, Seattle cover. I do like that's one we'll look into a little bit more on Thursday. For those of you watching on the fantasy embedding show that Tom Strachan and I do on Thursday, some of those clips will be coming out throughout the weekend as well before those games so keep an eye out for that but that's a good one should be just a a fun game on thursday night it's been a while since we had i guess last thursday i don't know if you could call the whole game fun but it ended up being fun and we'll get to that game a little bit later on at least i will at at some point we can discuss oh i I was on the discord until i guess 10 minutes before the comeback Mm -hmm. like i was like i've seen enough and i want to get some sleep and so i wake up the next morning like what fresh hell is this we'll talk about that later on i did the same thing by the way chris and on what shows do we do more of the uh fantasy information fantasy is on thursday with tom that comes out i think uh the the clips of those come out on like friday and saturday uh throughout the week 
And also, Chris, you can check out our Discord, Football Stars Discord. There should be a link somewhere on the screen down here. A lot of folks will come in. We'll answer questions. Guys will talk about things. Um, and, yeah, for a week 16, Flex, like we're two weeks down the road. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out what happened on Sunday. So I'm I'm not quite there. Ian hasn't crunched the numbers yet. Thanks for coming on. Check the Discord and check the Thursday show, right? Yep, Thursday show. And, uh, again, our social media for the clips coming out. But it'll also be on uh, – they'll be on YouTube as well on our YouTube channel. So keep an eye out for those. And so that takes us into Monday Night Football. Before we do, we know the regular season is over for fantasy football. If you didn't make the playoffs or if you did and you're just looking for some other action, play on Underdog Fantasy with us and double your first deposit up to $100 using promo code OUTSIDERS. Play Underdog's Battle Royale, which is a fast six-round weekly fantasy football draft. Gives you a little easier chances to win than you get on those traditional daily fantasy sports sites. You can even win fifty grand if you grab first place, which is great for the holidays uh, with that around the corner, or just a great way to start the new year in week 17 if you win that one as well. You can also try their pick'em games, which is what we talk about on this show a lot, where you're easily picking players' chances to go higher or lower than their projected stat line. So you're parlaying prop bets, basically. And you can do that even in states where traditional prop betting currently is not available. Underdog is the fastest-growing site fantasy site around, so join the fun over at underdogfantasy.com or download Underdog in the App Store and use promo code OUTSIDERS now to double your first deposit up to $100. So it takes us into the Monday Night Football action. Mike, go. We hit on both of those bets last week, didn't we? We did. We bought Godwin, Chris Godwin over six and a half catches. It took till the final drive. He had six catches and then got two of the, or he, I believe he had either five or six and got two or three more and ended up with either seven or eight catches. And then Alvin Kamara, I mean, I was watching that game, watched so close. Mark Ingram was getting some carries. I think Taysom yep. Hill got some and they were throwing a lot more. Kamara ended up, uh, we had the under 12 and a half. I think he finished at 12. He finished at 12. He finished at 12. I, di- I didn't play that one because we're, I was joking a little bit like, my God, I'm going to be sitting here counting Alvin Kamara's carries. <laughs> but Godwin, you, you, I played, and early in the game, it's like, oh, we're going to throw the receiver screen. We're going to receive the screen. You got three on the first drive, I think. Like, bring it, bring it, bring it. And that's, that built the opportunity to win the game and win yep. the bet at the end. So that, that was a good week for us in a, on a, what was a pretty bad game. Tonight we have a pretty bad game. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to make it manageable for us. Yeah, I got. I actually have four this week, uh, only two last week. But this, we got New England Patriots, minus one and a half out at Arizona, 43 and a half point total. This is down a point from when Tom and I did the show or the recording last Thursday. It was 44 and a half. Patriots coming off a mini buy, Cardinals off that full buy. One that I like, I'm not the most confident in this one, so I'll start off with this one. Okay. But it's at plus money. Uh, it's Mac Jones over one and a half passing touchdowns at plus 140. He's got three passing touchdowns over the last two games after he threw two total over his prior four games. Arizona only 24th in pass defense their last six games, allowing two and two-thirds passing touchdowns per game over that span. The Rams were the only team not to throw for two-plus. That was without Matthew Stafford. I think that might have been the Bryce Perkins uh, game. I don't even know if I got the name right. I forget who that was. Right. Yeah, giving up over seven. Giving up seven touchdowns over the last two games against San Francisco and the Chargers. Four and three. So I think that could be a good spot. Mac Jones over one and a half passing touchdowns. I've uh, been playing a little bit better lately. And then Hunter Henry over 30 and a half receiving yards. It's minus 110. Arizona is terrible against tight ends. They're allowing yeah. 14 and a half fantasy points per game to the position. I think Seattle is second at 13.9. And then the next closest is 12 points per game. They're 30th in DVOA against tight ends, allowing the most targets at 8.3 and right. yards at 68.4 per game to the position. Here's the tough part on this one. 
Patriots tight ends are very tough to predict. We know Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith are both there. But since their week 10 bye, Hunter Henry has played 84%, 71%, and 87% of the offensive snaps. Meanwhile, Johnny Smith has played more than a third of those snaps just once over that span. So leaning towards Henry, I think Johnny Smith could get there as well. He's only at 12 and a half yards, uh, but I lean towards Henry just being more involved in that. Um, He has four plus targets in three of the last four, 50 plus yards in two of them. So I expect him to be more involved given that matchup against the, the, the Cardinals defense that's really bad against tight ends. And then Johnny Smith has gone over that 12 and a half number five times this year. And given the matchup, they could use both of them enough for both of them to get over. Like we had uh, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, both of their over on the rushing yards in that game. And they both hit. This could be another one there. Right. Oh, by the way, I was looking at Chris's uh, thing there. Uh, Nose Jones against the Jets. I don't want to give you a lot mm-hmm. of Nose No bueno, Nose Jones, no Jets defense. No, 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 no. Uh, what I like about these bets is like the Cardinals, you talk about the DVOA against tight ends. And mm-hmm. they sort of lead the league in just dumb lapses. Like they're mm-hmm. we're in the top five of dumb lapses on defense. And how you're going to get 1.5 touchdowns for Mac Jones is probably dumb lapses. And that's kind of one of the things that the, the um, Patriots are good breaking tackles on, you know, passes into the flat mm-hmm. over the middle, break a tackle, get yak. Uh, they're, they're good at that. They manufacture that. Well, Ramondre Stevenson does it. Both tight ends do it. So I can see that that's almost like a parlay yep. is when you put the tight ends in with Mac Jones, touchdown passes and with the positive money, especially a plus plus one thirty. Mm-hmm. I can see it. I don't think of it as a bet on the Patriots offense, but as a bet against the Cardinals defense. Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned Ramondre Stevenson. He could easily, you know, take take a, a pass, uh, a screen or something over the middle into the house. Um, yeah. And that was another one I, I didn't look – or I looked at his, but wanted to – we did Ramondre Stevenson, I think, a couple weeks ago. He's always got the receptions. I always really like – I didn't actually see what his receptions were at this week, but he catches a lot of passes. Uh, there for them. Damian Harris, I don't think is playing either. So Ramondre is going to get a mm. lot of work. Uh, fantasy wise, obviously, if you've got him still going, you don't really have any, you're not trying to decide between people. You've already made that choice, which should be a good one. On the other side, I had a couple props I like there as well. DeAndre Hopkins, over 75 and a half receiving yards. Uh, we talked about um, the Patriots. I don't remember if this was our show with the Patriots uh, on a Monday night, it been four or five weeks ago or on Thursday, how their defense has been really good, pass defense, but they haven't really played a ton of really good offensive teams and quarterbacks um, yeah. throughout the year. They had Zach Wilson a couple times, um, some of those types of guys. But Hopkins has 87-plus in three straight and in five of his six games this season. New England is 10th in DVOA against wide receiver ones, but we saw them give up uh, 92 to Stephon Diggs last week, 139 to Justin Jefferson on Thanksgiving. So it, they're not the shutdown defense like the Jets have been pass-wise. And I think Hopkins – is going to get the volume. He's getting a ton of passes. Rondell Moore is not going to play, so it's him and Marquise Brown. Maybe Greg Dortch steals it all, has a big game. But I'd expect DeAndre Hopkins to get enough uh, volume to get over that 75 and a half. And then the other one on here for the Cardinals side, Kyler Murray over 34 and a half rushing yards. Yeah, he's got yeah, 35 yeah. plus in three straight and in five of six. He's got 30 plus in all six. So very close in that sixth game. Uh, even if Hopkins has the big game, I still think he could struggle uh, throwing the ball with uh, the New England defense. Again, they're good, haven't played a bunch of teams, but they have had their moments. I think there could be some times where uh, Murray just has to scramble because there's not someone open or he chooses just to take off uh, because the defense you know, is playing pretty well there. Uh, so I think both of those can happen where Murray might struggle a little in the passing game and run a little bit more or you know, kind of have the Patriots shut him down a little bit. But then Hopkins to still get over his numbers as well because 
he looks to Hopkins all the time. Yeah, and we saw Justin Fields on Monday night against the Patriots a few mm-hmm. weeks ago run rampant. Yeah. I don't think the team speed, particularly at the front seven of the Patriots and their scheme, is designed to handle a quarterback that just takes off and runs. They don't have the guys who can kind of match up and spy and things like that. So I love the Murray prop. And I also think he might just be like, screw this, I'm running. Like, like you know, he doesn't like what he sees with the scheme. He takes yeah. off 34 and a half. I was saying 36, 34 and a half is excellent to get to that. It's the nuke one that bothers me because of like the tomfoolery of the Cardinals offense. Yeah. <laughs> but the yardage number being that high, like the whole idea that he has like this six for 56 night or something yeah. like that. That's the one that makes me nervous. But if we're doing it as a stack, not as a parlay where everything's got to hit, mm-hmm. but we stack them, uh, that's a good thing to put into the stack yep. because you get a little balance of both teams and a variety of strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, and I was looking for Kyler Murray, too. Uh, Josh Allen only had 20 yards against him last week rushing, but only ran the ball three times, I think. Yeah. And then Zach Wilson even had three for 26 or something a few weeks ago. I think it was the leading rusher for the Jets that week. Might have been uh, – I don't remember what week that was. But uh, Kyler Murray, I think that's pretty – Pretty easy for him to get to 34 and a half as well. So those are the picks for this week. Again, you can play on Underdog Fantasy where you can parlay these. Their numbers are a little bit different sometimes. Uh, over, you know, a yard or two higher on some of those props. They also combine uh, passing and uh, rushing for quarterbacks. Sometimes they'll combine. You can do you know total yards like you have on your typical props for running backs, rushing and receiving. So slightly different numbers, but again, you can get a free hundred dollars using promo code Outsiders. Get that deposit match. Use that tonight, and that'll go on throughout the playoffs as well. They've got those for every week that there is football, I believe, especially in the regular season. So yeah. Monday Night Football, Patriots Cardinals. What more could you ask for? <laughs> I, could, I could ask for being in bed in the second quarter. I like that underdogs, sometimes those over-under props are tastier than the houses, mm-hmm. too, uh, because that's that's their bread and butter. You know, yep. that's what they that's what they serve. It's not the side dish, it's the entree. Yep. So you get juicier lines. But definitely look that up at underdog. Yeah. Underdog, uh, again, promo code is OUTSIDERS there. So that takes us on to our winners and losers of the week. We'll start, as we always do, with our winner of the week. Mike, I will let you start off here. And who was your winner this week? I do not remember at all. I believe it may have been J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards of the Baltimore Ravens. Um, And I lost my notes completely. But they combined for over 200 yards in a game where uh, Tyler Huntley gets injured early in the third quarter. Anthony Brown, the undrafted rookie third stringer, scrambler, scout teamy, Lamar Jackson-y kind of like cosplayer guy has to come in. And they were relying against the, usually a pretty stout overall Steelers run defense. They're relying on the running back to come through. Dobbins has been in, out, in and out of the lineup all year with various injuries. He comes up with over 100 yards. And then late in the game, it's Gus the bus time. Uh, because they've got to seal this victory late. It's the 16, the 14, third and three late in the game. They get the ball to Edwards. He was running the ball well all game. Trucks a couple defenders, picks up a first down, gets the clock moving. Very strong game for the Ravens running game. And obviously they need this. I do not know what the status of Huntley is right now. We know Lamar is probably not going to be back for another week. Okay, so this is a team that's got to be all hands on deck with all the Ravens' ways of winning. Running. Tuckering, kick blocking, sacking, all of those things. Big game for Dobbins, big game for Edwards, kept them in the in the wild card hunt, kept them from falling into that yep. category with the Dolphins. What about you? Who do you have? 
Yeah, so yeah, something you said there reminded me. It's not my winner of the week, but it could be. Uh, you said late in the game, needing some first downs, running the ball. Late in the game, the Lions, Pene Sewell, catching that, <laughs> catching that pass and getting some yards for the first down was really fun. So he could be a winner of the week. There is a winner of the week in the Lions in general. But I went Joe Burrow in the Bengals. Cleveland was 5-0 and against Cincinnati since Joe Burrow arrived. Burrow only played in four of those. He was inactive in week 18 last year heading into the playoffs. They got crushed in the one game he played last year, 41-16. to That game started with a really good drive and then a 99-yard pick six for Burrow. So didn't start off well and did not finish well. This week they came out, they won the game. It wasn't pretty, uh, but the game never really seemed to be in doubt. 23-10 to win, a lot of field goals in there. Uh, but a really good game from, from the Bengals that come out. And they're hot, just like they got last year this time, December. And they're one of the, uh, the top teams there in the AFC. We talked about them last week, and they just – Kept on going. So that's my winner of the week is them. And then, uh, again, I'll add in Panay Sewell right now. And those Lions, who are really hot right now, too, people were questioning them being favored against Minnesota. I think we understood it. A lot of people understood it, but maybe didn't believe in it. And they came out and got the win pretty convincingly. Yeah, you know, it's like DVOA says this, and the House says this. Mm -hmm. And I think the Sharps were like, oh, darn it. We thought we were going to get value here. We thought we were going to get points, and now we have to give up points for the Lions. So they see it. And I think, like, everybody but, like, Vikings fans saw it. They yep. saw it coming down the street. Now, I mean, I was nervous to play it because it's like, okay, you know, I'm only human. All the analytics in the world, it's the Vikings. They're, they're beating everybody. It's the Lions. They, you know, they like the backdoor cover. That's what they yep. do. But demonstration there that the Lions really are taking those steps forward. Jamison Williams. Somebody mentioned Jamison Williams in the chat earlier. Big debut. I know he played a little bit before. Big debut with a touchdown there. And I just like the fact that like this Dan Campbell style of football, um, when they're talking, you know, with fake punts, lots of fake punts, they run another yep. one there. The Sewell play, like we're going to go outside the box. We're going to do like bold things and we're, we're going to do fun things. Yeah. Like the like third and eight motion tight end, Panay Sewell. It's almost like it's such a shocking dare gamble to do it then not on first and 10 like we're going to show them a weird look or like you know at the goal line just there to to run that play you know stones of steel <laughs> you know that's what it is and you have this highlight that we're going to remember for the rest of the season here and it, it's it's just a great opportunity like i said in walkthrough probably too late for the lions this year trending in the right direction officially officially there's no question that this team is doing the things it needs to do now to build and go on to 2020, 2023 yeah. as a successful team. Yeah, that was one of those plays, too, where like we have on fourth down sometimes where it works and it's great if they don't don't get it. We're like, just run oh. a regular play with your normal, you know, <laughs> as if you're going to do a fake punt and, it, and it's horrible. Like, if you're going to go for it on a fake punt on fourth and two, put your regular players out there that handle the ball. But this worked out. It was a great play. So, Don, good morning football. How Patrick Peterson even pointed him out when he was coming in motion, yeah. and someone just didn't go with him, and he got got wide open over there. Oh, it would have been burn this play. I always do burn this play. Like this play is garbage. It would have been burn this play a thousand percent. Like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Hey, uh, Spinal Tap once said it's it's a fine line between stupid and clever, and that yeah. was clever. That was a clever play. Yep. And one one thing too, before we move on to the the winners of the week or the losers of the week. Sorry, you mentioning spread in Vegas. Uh, you know, having the numbers there. One of transition that reminds me of uh, college basketball, the Louisville basketball team. Obviously, I'm a Kentucky fan, so I'm loving this. They're 0-9, have not covered the spread once, and not only have they not covered, they haven't been within, I think, seven points of covering. And there was some uh, a, t a tweet out there that said, if you would have bet 100 starting on their first game 
$100 on the on the opposite team to cover on the spread. And if you would have rolled all your money for these nine games in a row, you'd have $56,000 over the last, what's it been, three weeks of basketball, four weeks of basketball. So it's been a rough year. Vegas doesn't even know how to, how to judge that team because Louisville hasn't even come within seven points. What happens to the city of Louisville when the basketball team is bad? Does everyone just leave? Not really. No, what's funny is there's, it's probably, people will say this sometimes and people come back and say it's not, but it's pretty split between UK and UofL fans. Uh, Here there's a lot of Kentucky fans. There's probably more Louisville fans being the city, but there are a lot of Kentucky fans, but the sports, I've got some, some of my closest friends are Louisville fans and they've kind of given up the last couple of years, like until they put quality product on the field and on the court, I don't want to watch it, but uh, it's been a rough go so far. Hey, I I, I said, I like to see it. I, I don't like Louisville at all. The one thing I don't like to see it for is Kenny Payne, who was under Coach Cal at UK there for a long time in his first year and just having a really rough year and catching a lot of flack right now. But uh, things get better. Yeah, Vegas knows what they're doing 99% of the time. Louisville basketball is the 1% of the time that they have no <laughs> idea how to get the get that team down. So maybe they know something we don't, and they're going to go on a run here soon. Yeah, or, or maybe they're trying to split because there's national action. Somebody like me tuned out. Here's Louisville, sees a line. Yeah. And like it's schmuck bait. Like, oh, I'm a casual Louisville. They got to be good. And you can schmuck bait. So maybe they're doing that. Or maybe there was a market of inefficiency and yeah. they weren't on top of it because there's not, not that much action going on college basketball this time of year. And they were missing it. So so the, it's not a situation where the Kentucky and the Louisville fans, all that bourbon down there, get into the bar. <laughs> it's not it's not any of this, right? Or not. Not yet. Maybe come uh, come New Year's Eve with that game. Uh, but I don't think people are expecting much out of uh, out of the cards there in that game. But we'll see. It's a rivalry game. A lot of times they're played closer in, in every sport. We know NFL, uh, college basketball, college football, those rivalry games can be different. So we'll see. Wait a couple weeks. And we'll, luckily, I'll be uh, – I'll be down in Florida for that one, so I won't won't be in the middle of all the uh, all the the smack talk and everything. So it'll be it'll be fun. But we'll move off again. College basketball. Sometimes we go on a tangent. Try and stick to sports. Sometimes we get whatever, but it makes it fun. So we'll, we'll move on to losers of the week, and I'll let you start again here as well. Who do you have for your loser of the week? All right. So it's mean to call Tom Brady a loser, and of course Tom Brady's not a loser. Well, whatever. Uh, Bad game. And last Monday night, bad game until the final four minutes when the Saints sort of obligingly said, here, Tom, come win this game on us. Here's some pass interference penalties. Here's the ball back. Here's some clock mismanagement. Uh, you know, the Buccaneers are like, oh, we, we can mismanage the clock, too. We can really turn this into a cluster hump. Brady, gets, Brady is terrible for three and a half quarters and gets his win. Then comes into this game and is terrible for just about the entire game. I know there was one touchdown that was called back. Oh, whatever. It could have been 35 to 14. Hooray. Great work. And the thing that takes it to the next level, obviously credit to the 49ers defense, credit to the 49ers offense, is all the talk leading in. You know, Brady made sure he got his news into, uh, you know, Rap Sheet and Shefty and all them. He's exploring all his options for 2023 free agency. So he, he wants – he wants to play next year. So, come, you know, Mark Davis, come, come and pay him, you know, whoever else he thinks is out there, uh, you know, come, come and pay Tom Brady, you know, and bring him in. And Are we done here? I mean, again, like Hall of Famer, are we done watching this? Is have we? Do we want to see this another season where it's like, well, six and seven, and maybe they'll make the playoffs or maybe the Panthers will beat them. Are we done here? So Brady is is, is sliding. He's sliding quickly. And I would respect it if it was an announcement. So this is my farewell tour. Come love me and appreciate me. I would be out there loving and appreciate him too. 
we're, we're done with this. I do not want to see 46-year-old Tom Brady going out there getting hammered by the 49ers defense. Yeah. What about you? Who's For me, leader? I'm going to go to the game we talked about earlier. Uh, I guess I, on one side, I could have gone with Baker Mayfield as the biggest winner of the week or a winner of the week. He was a winner of the week. Yeah. But I'm going to go with Vegas as the losers of the week. There was mm. talk coming into this game on Thursday of sneaking into the playoffs after winning four straight, become the first team. After that, they become the first team to blow four double-digit halftime leads in a single season, according to Sport Radar. Their data goes back to 1930. That's 92 <laughs> years that, that, has, that they're the first team to do that. And not only did they blow a 10-point halftime lead this week, it was mm. to a quarterback who was picked up off of waivers that week. I think it was Tuesday they got him, and there was talk yeah. all week. Baker Mayfield, we're not ruling out him playing on Thursday. And I, I know all I, week, I, there, I, was, I there was talk for like 18 hours in the yeah. in the time frame. That's all week, right? I'm sorry, yeah. but come on. Yeah. I never, you know, I kind of blew it off. Like they're just they're playing around. They'll maybe put him in for a snap or two, something yeah. like that. But he got in, he led two 75 plus yard touchdown drives in the fourth quarter. One was allowed to continue on a defensive offside penalty on a punt on fourth yeah. down by the Raiders. Then they allowed the game-winning 98-yard touchdown drive in one minute and 35 seconds, leaving just 10 seconds on the clock. They got an interception, but there was a defensive pass, interfer- pass interference that negated it. A stupid unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, another dumb penalty on a first-down sack that was a nine-yard loss. Yeah. Mistakes just everywhere for Vegas. Ended up being the longest go-ahead. This is according to Elias Sports Bureau. Longest go-ahead touchdown drive beginning in the final two minutes over the last 45 seasons. So, Raiders are breaking all kinds of dubious records, first for everything uh, that they don't want to be for. And it just said, I wanted to cover this one, talk about this one too, because it happened on Thursday. So we didn't didn't really cover it here. But they are the biggest losers of the week after kind of giving their fans some false sense of hope on that three-game winning streak that they might sneak into the playoffs yet again. Right. That was it. That was the, hey, look, the credibility we've turned the corner. And by the way, the unsportsmanlike unsportsmanlike conduct penalty of trying to swat the ball out of mm-hmm. Baker's hands. That was football outsider's favorite, Jerry Tillery. He used to play for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. First round pick was obviously going bust, uh, like kind of disappeared from training camp. We didn't report the training camp and uh, didn't report the mini camps. And like, you know how everybody is like, well, it's mini camp is voluntary. So, you know, you don't have to show up if you don't want to. Well, try not doing voluntary stuff when your job is online. Go, go nuts with that and see how it works. And so, so the Chargers, you know, got rid of Tillery early in the season when they realized they had okay depth, I guess. Mm-hmm. And when you grab that former first-round pick and you think, well, we, the talent was there a couple of years ago and everything, let's see. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes you got a guy who's just not necessarily with the yeah. program anymore. <laughs> and that's what you got with Tillery. So Tillery did that. Oh, and by the way, uh, podcast favorite, Jalen Rieger guaranteed a win for the Vikings uh, mm. against the Lions. You know, the punt returner has to be yep. chirping about guaranteeing a victory. Eagles uh, bust uh, of the of the early decade here, Jalen yep. Rieger. So a little bit of an L there for him as well. And, like, just if you're a back-of-the-roster player, do your job and be quiet. And you mentioned uh, Jerry Tillery, and then that uh, the offsides on the punt was Cleveland Farrell, who was a first-round pick as well, fourth pick overall back uh, when they were Oakland, had a big mistake there. I think it was a fourth and two or a fourth and three. Uh, so just mistakes, blowing leads, giving up uh, late touchdown drives to a quarterback who's been in town for all of two days, <laughs> a day and a half, whatever it was, 18 hours, you said. Uh, yeah, I, I swear he knew. Like, I was watching the plays repeat. 
Like he's thrown that quick out. That's like he's thrown that little quick out from that variations in that formation like four times. That's one of like six or seven passing plays he's comfortable with. And yet, and yet it worked. And yet it worked. You know, you, you know, seven plays like Madden, you know, one screen. Yep. <laughs> and it's enough to get the win. Yeah, big time loss there for the Raiders. Likely out. Don't think they're eliminated officially, but uh, most likely out of the playoffs after a, a little glimmer of hope for their fans. I don't think we really bought into it at all. Uh, although had a really golden opportunity to win that one on Thursday night against a team with a new quarterback. So that does it for our week 14 recap. Before we go, don't forget about that free hundred dollars you can get from underdog fantasy using promo code outsiders. That's a deposit match up to $100 with promo code outsiders. Also don't forget to sign up for FO plus at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Today is Monday. So you will have access to all of that data today instead of having to wait until tomorrow. Really good advantage for betting if you produce your own content, a media professional, anything like that for your articles. Really good uh, advantage to have that stuff on Monday instead of having to wait. And then you can also get betting picks, fantasy advice, as we've mentioned, premium stats and articles, and you get an ad-free experience there. So really good uh, package there with the FO Plus uh, subscription. And last but certainly not least, as Mike mentioned earlier, the Discord. Join us on the Football Outsiders Discord for in-game conversation for every game Tonight, with the last game of Week 14, Patriots-Cardinals. And then we'll be on there Thursday uh, Thursday night for Thursday Night Football. I'd imagine uh, some people will be on there on Saturday. This is our first week of Saturday football games. Uh, yeah. And Sunday and Monday of next week as well. Yeah, I don't know about Saturday for me personally. I might be right. on the earlier games. But, like, I'm going to try to live my life a little bit. Yeah. Thursday night, I do not have a life Thursday <laughs> night. And I will be there for that game. Last night, we were all getting testy talking about Herbert and Tua and yeah. everything. It's a lot of fun. So check it out. Yeah, join us there again every game. Lots of, and then throughout the week, there's lots of good conversation in there as well. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll be here next week, uh, I believe. Yeah, next Monday, and then we will be off the week of Christmas or the day after Christmas is the uh, uh, federal holiday or the recognized holiday for Christmas since that's on a Sunday. So we will be off. Mike will have his tree up until then. A uh, little Santa Claus there, but we'll we'll be here next week. So join us next week for a week 15 recap. Thanks for joining in, Mike. It's good to be here with you as always. Same, with you, same to you, man. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy Monday Night Football.